Here we are at the last day of the year 2023, the last Sunday of 2023. And in just a few hours, we will be rolling into the year 2024. And I need to just make a declaration to you. I not only have made it, I've thrived in the middle of it. God is good, as I've already said. And I'm really excited about what he has in store for us in 2024. We welcome our online church family and all of you. And as a pastor, I want to say thank you for all of those of you that have chosen to partner with us and are with us at Inspire Church and are becoming a part of our family. You're making us better because you're here. I look forward to meeting all of our guests at the end of the service. I always go to the lobby. Hope I get a chance to meet you. But again, just look at your neighbor and say, we made it. Would you do that? Now, that's no small achievement because some didn't. And just recognize that. And as a church, we always begin each new year with 30 days of fasting and prayer. We do the same in the month of September. And you've already heard about that. These 30 days can transform your life. And I love what God does when his people intentionally turn their focus and attention toward him and begin to fast and pray. We've had so many amazing things happen. It not only creates an opportunity for miracles to occur during the time that we're fasting and praying, but for some reason it seems to just linger and we have miracles and things happen all year long. And we've had some amazing miracles just recently. I happen to know that just a few days ago, someone that was given three to six months to live with cancer, the doctor, her specialist, with tears in her, his eyes, looked at her and said, you're in complete, total remission. <clears throat> I give God praise. I give God praise. Someone else that had lung issues for years went for a checkup this week and did the whole test, the whole battery of tests that they do, the, the breathing and everything and the, the calibrations. And, and do you know what the results were? They had had this terrible thing happen some years ago and lived with the effects of that for years. And um, they, they got their results back. And they give you all of these predictions about what you should be doing in terms of your breath and all of these things. I, I, I don't, can't even articulate it because I'm not a doctor, but where it should be. And they predict these things on the basis of your age, your height, all of that. And before they were real low in many of these areas. And do you know what? That they were all up astonishingly so that some of them were 131% above what they would have been if they had never had a sickness. I don't think you get what that means. That means not only equal to everybody else, but 31% above. Now, I, I want to give God some praise for that one right there. Because after all of the challenges since 2020 with COVID and, and problems with breathing and the challenges that, that we have faced and the scare that goes through the community, 
our nation, the world, every time there's a new flu epidemic or another variation of COVID that comes out, I just think it's extraordinary what God can do. He is going to be in this year, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals thee. His nature does not change and we stand on his promises. Amen. Amen. And in regard to fasting, I need to say this. I I really should because as you get older and you, you get on medication, you know, the old days when I was a kid, they didn't even consider it a fast if you drank water. Anybody remember those days? And man, if you didn't go three days at least, that wasn't a fast. When are you going to get serious with God? I have learned that God honors all sacrifices we make to turn our attention toward him. And when you get older, you have your own medication and sometimes you can't fast like you used to. And I get it. And don't let anybody make you feel bad. You can still contribute to what God is doing And still move the needle in your own spiritual growth because God honors everything you do. So some may fast a day, some two, some three. We've literally had people fasted uh, the whole 30 days and some have gone 40. Amen. We've not asked them to, uh, but if that's what God tells you and you follow God, just let us know so we can help make sure that you're okay Uh, But you may go longer than other people around you. But this isn't about being seen of men. Understand that. It's about being seen by God. And even more, it's about seeing God. And so there are other ways to fast too. And it was a, a great blessing to me when I learned that there are different ways to fast that impact your life. For example... Try turning your TV to the wall or unplugging it. (laughs) That is an amazingly successful way to fast. It really helps you focus on God. Turn the notifications off on your phone. Get off social media for a little while. I promise you, you will be blessed because you did. And every week we will be posting a different prayer focus to add to the, the week that preceded it. And you can find those at inspirechurchhouston.com and you've already heard the focus for this week which is we're going hard after God and that begins Tuesday morning we always let people get through uh, the holiday and which is tomorrow and then we we seek the Lord but uh, next Sunday I'm excited it's already been announced but I just have to say this if you love Bishop Tudor Bismarck you will love Yemi Adafarison I promise you Yemi was was educated in the UK. He talks just like Tudor does. And he preaches with extraordinary revelation. I tell both of them, they put the rest of us at a severe disadvantage because they've got that accent you can't stop listening to. You know what I mean? And it just captivates you. But uh, they're great men of God. And, and Yimmy's going to be with us. And I'm so excited. Well, I always put a lot of time into prayer and fasting during the year. To seek the Lord about what he is going to do and what he has to say uh, regarding this church uh, as the new year comes in. Because there are things that are out there. Always there are things that are out there over the edge of the horizon where you can't see them, but God does. And he has a word that is unique for each church. And so there were seven letters in the book of Revelation because each word was different for the churches that were there, depending upon which church God was speaking to. 
And God is unique in that way, and the needs of people are unique in that way, and the assignments of churches are unique in that way, and everybody that wants this cookie-cutter approach, everybody to be identical, they don't understand that about the kingdom of God. And so I seek the Lord earnestly, as you already know, I've done this for many years, to see what God is saying to us in the new year. And I'm turning to the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verse 2 through 5. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, now that represented the manifest presence of God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, because they had to carry it on their shoulders, Then you shall set out from your place, and I've always loved this, go after it. Go after the presence of God. Go after it. You will never spend your life in any cause that is more impactful or rewarding. Go after God. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it. God said, don't crowd all around it. That you may know the way by which you must go. In other words, you can get all crowded around it and nobody can see it anymore. And nobody will know which direction to go. God wasn't saying don't get near me. He wants us to. But he was literally making a point that I'll refer to in just a moment. Because we don't want to go where God doesn't lead us. And I'll talk about that. For he said you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people sanctify yourselves. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Tomorrow. That's the new year for us. Tomorrow is literally the new year. And it's going to be an amazing year for us. Uh, Sister Ralphina Dodson has been always so faithful in the great shout, 25 years now, we've helped her. It's been filmed from here. That will be going on this evening. She sent me a text early this morning. Already in Asia, the great shout was beginning. It's filmed, and it, it shows across the world. And in every time zone, people were declaring, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Millions of people in the course of the time she's been doing this. And we want to declare Jesus is Lord here. There will even be prayer here this evening. But I want to zero in, as it were, on the fact that Israel had been waiting over 400 years for this moment. And they had come to the Jordan River. And a river, if you're trying to travel and negotiate, and there are no bridges and and none of that exists back then, a river becomes a natural obstacle, a place where you can't go any further unless you figure out a way to navigate that obstacle. And so they are literally at the last barrier between them and Canaan land. And I want to speak to you this morning from this subject. I'm ready for it. I need somebody to look at someone and say, I'm ready for it. Would you do this? This is going to be an incredible year. And God is going to do amazing things in 2024. And after everything we've been through in 2023, is there anybody in this house that can say, I'm ready for it? 
I'm ready for it. I'm ready for what God has in store. Father, I thank you for the grace that you have given us. The fact that your presence has been with us. You have been so kind to be with us this entire year. Every step of the journey, you have walked alongside of us. You have led us. We are grateful for every intervention, every miracle, every prayer answered, every strength that you have provided when we were weak. The, the, the things you have done are just too many to count. And I am so glad that we have this opportunity to worship this last Sunday and celebrate just before the new year begins and say, thank you. Thank you. You're a mighty God and we love you. Speak to us now in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted and said, amen. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for what God is about to do. And I'm really excited because I feel like the year 2024 is going to be a year of manifestation, an incredible time of manifestation. We all have promises that we have pursued and words that God has deposited in our spirits that he has brought alive within us that have given us hope. And some of us haven't yet seen the manifestation or the fulfillment of those promises or that word from God. But again, somebody say, I'm ready for it. Would you do that? Come on, one more time. I'm ready for it. We are here worshiping the last Sunday, the last day, the last hours of 2023. And I always like to cast vision. Midnight tonight, the new year of 2024 begins at 12.01. We will be irreversibly into a new year. And um, can I tell you how I am? This is me. I don't know if you're this way or not. But when God is going to do anything, I would rather be a few minutes early if he's going to do something than I would show up after he had already done it. I, I choose to be a little bit early rather than even one minute late. So I want to begin talking about the new year right now. In our text, as I said, Israel had come to the last obstacle or barrier before they entered their promised land. And God was about, literally, he was going to manifest himself in a way they had never seen. Jewish scholars point out that in the 40 years that Israel wandered in the wilderness, they stopped in camp 42 times. 42 times on their way to Canaan land in different places. Theologians do a whole series of studies based upon each one of these 42 places or locations where Israel stopped and camped. And they each represent, according to theologians and scholars, a different place in life for us. A place of new development. And now 40 years after they had been delivered out of Egypt, they had gone through these stages of personal development to the point that God said, you can come into the promised land. Sometimes God has got to show you some things before you can actually possess some things. And so God brought them 40 years earlier to the verge of the promised land and Israel discovered they weren't ready yet. And as much as we like to think sometimes that we 
already. We sometimes are not. There's growth that needs to occur. There's something we need to adjust in our maturity. There are things we need to get delivered from. I'm just talking real with you right now. There are attitudinal adjustments that need to be made. But now they're on the banks of the Jordan River about to move in. And it was flood season. And if you've visited Israel as many as of you have, and I have as well, you know that had they waited just six short months, they could have crossed over and barely got their ankles wet. But now Jordan was flooded and overflowed its banks. And it was the worst possible time, it would seem, for them to move into their promise. Just look at somebody and say, God's time's always the right time. Would you do that? Because if we get it all lined up ourselves, we want to take credit for it. And sometimes God shows up and does a miracle right in the middle of the worst moments of your life just so you can know, hey, I'm still here. I got this. Hallelujah. God instructed them to follow the ark, the manifest presence of God as it was born by the priest. But he instructed the priest to get out 2,000 cubits in front of the people of God. And there was a reason for that. 2,000 cubits is 3,000 feet. That was the maximum distance that you could travel on the Sabbath and not violate Sabbath law. If you went more than that, you were breaking one of the Ten Commandments. And so God said... 2,000 cubits, 3,000 feet. I want you to keep me in sight. And what that tells me is you don't ever want to fall so far behind God that it becomes work for you to have to catch up with where you're supposed to be. I'm preaching better than somebody's responding already. You need to stay close enough to God that it doesn't become work for you to get to where God is again. Oh, in the end of a year, we got to remind ourselves, keep God close enough that when we need him, he's right there and keep God in sight. But there was another reason God said, don't get too far out in front of me. He didn't want them that far out in front of him or him that far out in front of them. And that is because when you don't see God, you begin to panic. And God didn't want that happening. And so God was saying, keep me in view. Let me be out there where I'm clear, but don't lag too far behind. But there was another thing inherent in what he was saying. Don't step in front of me either. Because sometimes in our hurry to get to our promised land, we get in front of God. Mm. And the right decision at the wrong time is a mistake. I'm talking to somebody right now. It may be God's plan, but keep God in front of you. Why? Because you prosper in the middle of the will of God. Not here over on the side and not back here and not way out here in front of God. You prosper where God is and where he's working at that moment. And I love this because this past Tuesday evening of this very week, something happened. Have you ever noticed 
that there is always a process you go through before God's promises become manifest in your life? Have you ever noticed that? There's always a process. Tuesday evening, one of my friends, Martin Bustard, and everybody knows Lloyd, his brother. Lloyd is going to come and be with us soon. And we've watched God use Lloyd in incredible ways. That just, I mean, that are mind-boggling. Well, his brother Martin also carries an incredible prophetic mantle. And Tuesday evening, Martin sent me a statement that he was about to put on X, or what they used to call Twitter, And God used it to confirm what I'm preaching about today. And I immediately fired back a text and said, you just confirm what I'm leaning toward on Sunday, what I'm going to talk about Sunday. Then I drove up this morning and our security detail, he said, get ready for it. And I said, you don't know it, but that's what I'm preaching about today. And it's like everywhere I turn, God has given me a confirmation that I'm on the right track. But Martin had written a statement, and the point of his statement was that, listen to this, because some of you will disagree initially. Lazarus did not walk out of the tomb the very moment Jesus commanded, come forth. Uh Uh-huh, I told you, see how quiet it got? Amen. Amen. That's absolutely the truth. Now, we know that when Jesus commanded Lazarus, come forth. Immediately, his body came back to life. But I've been to Bethany and I've been to Lazarus's tomb. And the tomb is carved out of a solid rock face. And you have to go into the door. And then you step down a long flight of stairs. And at the bottom of it is where Lazarus's body was at. And the point is, when Jesus commanded Lazarus, come forth. Something was happening that you could not see yet. Who am I talking to? Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And I love it that when he spoke every grave within this planet, somebody on the inside, their ears started twitching. And Jesus had to distinguish or differentiate and say, Lazarus come forth or every grave on earth would have burst open and their inhabitants would have come walking out. Hallelujah. So he specified Lazarus come forth. But if you had been there and there was a crowd there that day, you will notice that he didn't step out the moment Jesus said, Lazarus come forth. Hmm. Why? And as I've mentioned, I've been to that little town on the West Bank called Bethany. And when you walk into the grave, and I have, you've got to walk down the steps to get to where Lazarus' body was. And when Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth, something was happening that those on the outside could not see. Within a different realm or space, there was activity going on. And when you hear the voice of God, sometimes there is a divine pause between what God says before you can manifest and see what he's promised. But if you listen, hmm, 
if you listen, though you can't see it, you can hear something happening in the tomb. Because in spite of the fact that he was down at the bottom of the steps, something was going on. And in spite of the fact you can't see it yet, there's something happening within the spirit realm when God speaks a word over you, something begins to move. Oh, I feel my anointing in this house already. To make matters even more complicated, Lazarus was bound with grave clothes from head to foot. He didn't just walk up the steps. He had to hop up each one. And so if you were on the outside, you could hear it before you could see it. Who am I talking to? In this building, you've been hearing something that hasn't been made manifest yet. Am I speaking to anybody that's in the middle of a divine pause in their life? God said it, it's coming, but you just haven't been able to see it yet. Come on and give God a praise break. The crowd is stretching their necks, straining. Somebody says, you hear that? And someone else says, yes. And then suddenly Lazarus appears at the the top of the steps. It's often that way with the promises of God. There's a divine pause from the moment God speaks it until you see it. I'm talking to someone that you better make sure that you don't make the mistake of if it doesn't happen right away, believe that you didn't hear from God, believe God doesn't keep his word because if God said it, I believe it, that settles it. That's just the way that it is. His word comes to pass. Hallelujah. Make no mistake, I'm talking right now to a specific person. I can really feel this. God's given you promises. And they're working even when you don't see him working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. Never stops working. Never stops. Never stops working. Talking to somebody. God's working in your life right now. God's moving in your life right now. You don't see it yet, but it's about to be manifest. You don't see it yet, but it's coming up the steps. You don't see it in your marriage yet. You don't see it in your health yet. You don't see it in your family, your finances yet. But you've got a a promise coming out of the tomb. You just don't see it because it's in another space. When God speaks, something begins to shake in this world. And John said, I was on the Isle of Patmos in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I was looking this way, but I heard a voice and I couldn't see the voice until I turned. And what I I heard, I now saw. You always hear it before you see it. And I'm talking about the one who, when he speaks, he creates worlds with the words of his mouth. 
he opens his mouth and says, let there be. And suddenly there are planets that are created. I'm talking about he who, when he looks at you, says be healed. And it may take you from the time you walk out of church until you see your doctor or longer as you're on your way like the lepers were to see the priest. But if he said it, it's coming. Don't let go of it. You'll hear it and then you'll see it. Am I talking to anybody that has promises that God has spoken over your life and you're in the middle of a divine pause right now and you're trying to get it figured out? A divine pause. You want something to happen. You know that you prayed and you sought God and God gave you a promise. And here you are the last day of 2023. It hasn't manifested yet. And you're wondering, do I ditch that one and forget all about it? Nah, you roll over into 2024 and you say, I hear something coming up the steps. I hear my promise emerging from a tomb. God's about to manifest himself. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody needs to say, I'm ready for it. Look at your neighbor and ask him, are you ready for it? Tell him back, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive a miracle. I'm ready to receive an answer to prayer. I'm ready for my daughter to come home. I'm ready for my prodigal son to get back. I'm ready for God to fix my broken marriage. I'm ready for my health to be restored. I'm ready. God is at work. Hallelujah. You got to be listening to the voice, but this is so powerful. And if you're listening to the voice, you're going to see the voice. John turned and said, I saw him walking among the seven golden candlesticks. I heard it. Then I saw it. And here's what I want to declare to you. God is already in 2024. Mm. I know beyond any doubt that God has already gone into my future. And he's already declared and arranged his promises over my life. He's there waiting on me. Already he's on the other side of midnight while he's here with me this Sunday afternoon, the last day of December 2023. Because God is Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. He is the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. He can be in tomorrow and still be in today right now. He's waiting. He's come into the present from tomorrow to lead us into all that he has promised us this year. And so I'm standing on his promises. And among them, Jeremiah 29, I know that he's got plans for me, plans to prosper me, plans to give me a hope and a future. God hasn't abandoned me. God hasn't forgot about me. Nor has he forgotten about you. God, nor has he laid aside 
the plans that he had for your life. Who am I talking to? That right now you let the ark get too far in front of you. You've gotten swallowed up in the activity of living from day to day. But God is saying we're halting the whole procession. Come catch up with me right now. Come catch up with what I have promised you. Come. It hasn't always been easy, has it? Oh, we keep rejoicing. God is with us. Yeah, he is. And that this year I have been blessed, period. No conjunctions, no ifs, ands, buts, maybes. I've been blessed, period. But I've been stretched. Oh, yeah. If it hadn't been for the blessing of God, we wouldn't even have made it through some of the things we've gone through. You didn't get through it by yourself. That's why we're spending the last Sunday of this old year praising God like we've lost our mind because he brought us through. Had it not been for the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, Oh my, my, hallelujah. I feel like I want to give him some praise right now. I feel like I want to give him some thanks right now. I wouldn't have made it without him. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun. Y'all going to just have to bear with me. I I know, I know. You're supposed to stand up here and be calm and cultured. I tried that. I can't. Please forgive me. Amen. We've been through some things. We've faced some things. I personally have. I've been stretched, but I'm here this morning to make a declaration. I've been stretched, but I'm not broken. I've been stretched, but I'm still here. I've been stretched, but I survived it. I've been stretched, but I've thrived in the middle of it. I've been stretched, but I'm not broken. I'm still worshiping God. I'm still holding on. I'm still in the middle of divine favor. I still have God smiling upon me. Hallelujah. Oh, and I'm done. Don't you dare say that. Somebody said, preach on, please. Don't. Don't tempt me. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's about him anyway. And that's who I want to leave you with in just a moment. So how do we get ready to see God manifest what he's promised? In Joshua 3 and 5, Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you did you get that sanctify yourself the Hebrew word for sanctify is Kadesh it means to be to make to pronounce to appoint or to dedicate as holy you can't make anything holy you can't That word is kadosh. 
And Kadesh is the root word of the word holy or Kadosh. And so the way that you begin to help put something in God's hands so that he can make it holy is you Kadesh it. You sanctify it. Tell somebody, well, better not look around and say it. Just look up and say, it's me, Lord. Amen. Say, sanctify yourself. Come on, sanctify yourself. Get rid of the sloppiness. Get rid of the stuff that's crept in that shouldn't be there. Lay this foolishness aside that creeps into our lives in the course of a year. And go hard for God with everything you've got. Pursue the Lord. Go after it. Go after it. Can I get real with you? So easy to let things begin to work in our lives that should not be present. There's some words, I said, I'm gonna get real, that Christians should not even be saying that ought not to be a a part of their vocabulary. And these days, my God, I listen to some Christians, they say, you can't tell the difference between them and anybody that's serving God. Let your lips be dedicated to praising the Lord God Almighty. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Dedicate your words to God. Speak life over yourself. Stop speaking death or words that contain them. All of this cussing Christianity makes me want to cuss. (laughs) Joking. Joking. Don't take me seriously, please. Amen. Kadash yourself so God can kadosh you. Clean yourself up. If you're involved in immorality, lay it down. Don't carry it into the new year with you. Stop all of that foolishness and say, I was made to worship and praise God. I'm going to dedicate this new year to God, I'm going to show God what I can do when I go hard to the paint for him. I'm going all the way in 2024. I'm going to serve God with all of my heart. Some of this other stuff that creeps into our lives. Let's stop the sloppy agape. Get rid of it. You want to save your family? Go after God with all of your heart. You want to save your kids? You want to make your mark in this world? We should be so saturated by God that we become like Peter. Peter would walk by and his shadow was so saturated with the presence of God that just his shadow falling on people would heal them. God, let me live in Psalms 91 and be the one who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God until your presence saturates even my shadow. The Bible said that that God performed unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Paul built tents during the day and the scripture says they carried handkerchiefs, but the original Greek said they took his work apron the one he wore all day long. And he stayed in the presence of God the whole time he was working to the degree 
that even his work apron became saturated with the presence of God. So much so that when they took it and laid it on sick people, they were healed and people were delivered of demonic possession. God, fill us so full. I dedicate this life to you, Lord. I dedicate this year to you. I dedicate this heart to you. We dedicate this church to you. And can I say it? And don't get upset at me because I'm not calling anybody out. But you know it's real easy to let the ark get so far in front of you that you get busy in all the church business because it happens to churches all the time and they forget about the one that's supposed to be in the front. Ministries do that. People do that. Or they get so caught up, you know, trying to get to their promise that they surround the ark where nobody can even see it anymore. And we forget the, the main thing. The main thing is to make it about him. Joshua asked them to take ownership. I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Take ownership. Own your stuff. Not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. And the second thing to do is spend time in fasting and in prayer. Kadash yourself that God can make you kadosh. We're turning our faces toward heaven. That's what fasting and prayer does. It's a way of recalibrating and refocusing and reawakening our passion for him. People instinctively take inventory of themselves at this time of the year. That's why people make all these New Year's resolutions, right? Aren't you proud of Justin? He's somewhere. Man, y'all didn't even recognize that's Justin. Look how much weight he's lost. Good Lord. Congratulations, Justin. Some of you going on carnivore diet starting Tuesday. Others of you that I feel sorry for will be vegetarians or vegans. Forgive me, I'm not making fun of you. Oh, but you did hear. There was an announcement the other day. Scientists have announced that they have now perfected their skills to such a degree they can take vegetable matter and plant matter and make it taste like meat. And somebody else responded and said, that's nothing. Cows have been doing it for thousands of years in Texas. Oh, come on. You got to admit that was a funny one. We set all these goals, these New Year's objectives, resolutions, and top of the list ought to be, God, I pursue you. Stand with me across the building. Every head bowed. I'd like to see the hands of those who would slip up their hands and say, pray for me, Pastor, because I want to be committed with all of my heart in the year 2024. Raise them up. Wave them at the Lord. That's me. There used to be a wave offering that they would offer to God. They Wave it at the Lord. Here, Lord. Here I'm waving my offering. Okay. Put your hands down, every head bowed. Who here is ending 2023 that needs 
to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. And you'll slip up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to commit my life to God. Raise your hand all across the building. God bless you and you and you and you. Keep raising them, you and you and you. And keep raising them, you, risers, all over the place. Okay. Father, I pray right now that you will help us. First of all, to truly be committed. And I pray for every one of these who are surrendering their lives right now. And they may not be physically kneeling, but in their hearts they're kneeling before you saying, forgive me of my sins and save me and come into my heart. and Be my Lord, be my Savior. I want you to sit on the throne of my life. I'm tired of being on it myself or letting addiction sit on the throne or the wrong desires, or the wrong attitudes, or whatever. I need you. I don't work real well if you're not my Lord. Life doesn't go so good if you're not in control. And so I receive you right now in Jesus' name. And if you just prayed that prayer on the screen behind me, they're going to put up some things you can do next about getting baptized and and being filled with the Holy Spirit and you can reach us any of those ways on the screen and becoming devoted and a disciple of Jesus Christ. I write a devotional every day that goes out without charge. You can sign up right there, but you have to do it. We can't just send it to you. And now then, I want the church to have a celebration for everyone that just prayed that prayer. Let's have a party. Come on. Come on, let me hear you. Celebrate because heaven is celebrating. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This Wednesday night will be amazing. You will not want to miss it. But I want to close the service here. And I got the service a little late. So now then I'm closing a few minutes past. Uh, But I'd like for everybody that wants to enter into the new year fully committed. Come on up here right now. Take your family by the hand. Take your kids by the hand. Your wife, your husband. Come on up here. Let's press in. Come all the way to the front. You've got a ton of folk behind you. Amen. And let's, let's go hard after God. Let's close this, this Sunday of 2023, the final Sunday, by saying, Lord, it's all about you. I need you. I want to go into the new year ready Dedicated, committed. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Joshua, I just preached about your name, son. Amen. Praise God. It's going to be an incredible year. Oh, God, help us. Help us. Help us.